So what can we expect from the Boston Celtics offseason? Run it back? Yeah, probably not. Going to talk about it right now on a Tuesday Locked On Celtics. Really? Let's go. Raina Jay's back with the vengeance at all the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hi there, John Corrales here from MassLive.com. I'm their Boston Celtics beat reporter. Thanking you for joining the show once again. It's a daily podcast, Monday through Friday, still chugging along five days a week throughout the offseason. The draft is coming up. The free agency period is coming up at some point, whenever that starts. I don't know. (laughs) We're still waiting for the final word on what the season's going to look like next season, what the salary cap's going to look like next season, and all of that stuff. So today, I thought I'd bring on my partner on the Mass Live Celtics beat, Tom Westerholm, to chat a little bit about what we can expect. What can we realistically expect from the Celtics this offseason? I'm going to start by looking at Gordon Hayward, looking at the uh, the contract situations, which I've already laid out, but who might stay, who might go, who's expendable, and what the Celtics might do on draft night. And it, I think, and Tom agrees, that it's going to be a little busier than maybe you might anticipate after hearing that it's going to be uh, possible to run it all back. I don't think they do that. So, Tom Westerholm from the Geno Time Podcast from MassLive.com joins me uh, to have this conversation about what we can expect from the Celtics offseason. All right, Tom, let's Mass Live up this podcast here. Double the Mass Live fun. Let's talk, just talk about how to attack this offseason. Uh, I, I set up kind of what the Celtics had, did kind of like a roster reset last last week and talked about I what I think are the benefits of signing Gordon Hayward long term, but what what I think would work, maybe, you know, there's certain elements that I didn't consider or whatever. So we're just gonna like look at as realistically as we can how the Celtics attack this offseason. We're about a week and a half out from Hayward deciding on whether to pick up his option and Cantor trying to pick up his option. So let's just start there and go in order. What do you think realistically happens? Do you think Hayward picks up that option? I do. I think that I honestly think both those guys are going to pick up their options. Um, I I know, uh, you know, there's like, there would certainly be advantages for Hayward to, you know, potentially opt out and restructure his deal and get more money long-term. But I just think it's going to be too easy for him to make up the money that he may might make on a long-term deal by getting 30 million this year and staying moderately healthy and getting another contract on the other end. Like that's just like 30 million is just so much money. Yeah. Um, I would just have such a hard time turning that down if I was him. And then I think, you know, Cantor too, I, I just, you know, 5 million for next season after the season that he had and how, how little he played and how, when he was played, it was just so obvious, like his defensive issues. Like I, I, 
I think that both of those guys will probably, especially in an uncertain market, will probably take uh, take the Celtics up on their uh, on, on their guarantees. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about the Hayward thing, and that's obviously the first like big thing yeah. for the Celtics. The only way it makes sense for Hayward is if the Celtics go out to five years, and I just don't think the Celtics realistically go out to five years for yeah. for Hayward. You know, and I, I throw around the number of five years, 100 million, because that's, I think, the number in terms of years to say to Hayward. First of all, I think if they're going to do that, part of that is overpaying to like reward him saying thanks, because by doing that, they drop his first year salary. They cut that in half. They probably stay below the tax line, which means they can put their full mid level in play. And even though that hard caps them, $9 million to spend versus less than $6 million to spend. You can get somebody that's very useful for that yeah. for that kind of money. Uh, I think it's worth exploring that. But on the back end, you have uh, you know maybe a year or two too much on, on that contract left for any pursuits of big-time free agents – uh, yeah. I was I was reading I was reading what Ryan Bernadoni Danger Cart on Twitter was wrote and and he made a great point on on one of the posts that he wrote. Basically, you got two windows with Tatum and Brown. The first one is like a win now with Kemba and Smart over the next two three years, and the next is once those contracts come off the books, maybe being a player for like you know as he called it super team hunting, and you've got. Tatum and Brown at the end or nearing the end of their contracts. And frankly, the decision of, do I want to stay in Boston? What have we accomplished over my time here? That Does that make me want to stay? Or do I want to go where every, wherever Bradley Beal has gone or whatever? And and that's a, that's a serious consideration. So yeah. to have Hayward on the books for two years there, while I think in the short term – benefits the Celtics for the reasons that I laid out long-term to be tied into two more years of Gordon Hayward at 34, 35 years old. And who knows how effective he is there. That might, that might shorten the, the long-term availability of both Jalen and Jason. Right. And then obviously uh, that is going to be like this, the entire Celtics story almost over the next, like, you know, four, five, whatever years is okay. Like, how happy is Jason Tatum? Like, you know, how uh, how how close are the Celtics to winning a title with him? How uh, how much have they convinced him that this is a place that he wants to be? You know, beyond the obvious max contracts that everybody signs. So, yeah, no, I I think that I think that's exactly right. That's a that's a good way to think about it. And I just, I mean, you know, again, just kind of bringing it back to its simplest form given the injury history that we have now seen with Gordon Hayward and none of them have been his fault, but they have all happened. Right. Um, given the injury history we've seen, how comfortable are you paying him, you know, $40 million when he is 35, 36? Like that's just a, uh, that's a tall, that's a tall ask. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that the long-term, the opt out long-term thing is going to happen. It, if it does, then great. But, um, I'm I'm really starting. The more I think about it, the more I think that, yeah, probably going to opt in. But now the other thing, the other side of it is, how much 
stability does he want? Because it's, you know, he just had his fourth kid. And does he want to be bouncing around the league? That's something that I keep going back to. Um, but if he if he if he opts in, then the specter of a trade comes into play uh, because paying him thirty four million dollars again for one season it doesn't matter necessarily. But there are a couple of things we don't know what the salary cap is going to look like. We don't know what that structure is going to look like. Like there are so many different ways where it can go that just the same numbers with just some different internal kind of mechanisms could cost the Celtics tens of millions more in, in tax. So they may decide that, look, we have to trade Hayward. And if Hayward gets traded back to Indiana, then I'm sure he's going to be fine with that. Be like, Hey, sorry, Brad, but I am going home. Now, are you willing to take a trade that's maybe less than ideal? And I'm thinking about that Indiana trade and I'm thinking about the one that keeps floating around out there, Oladipo and Miles Turner for Gordon Hayward. I don't like that deal, but at the same time, does that deal for work when it's for a guy that makes the money that Hayward makes and you're not going to let him go for nothing and maybe you just try to make it work and and you understand that uh, you you figure out a way to to make those those players work and contractually Oladipo's probably gone anyway and that's not such a bad thing. Tom and I continue our conversation in just a couple of minutes, but first let me tell you about RockAuto.com. I've been telling you about RockAuto.com. It's where you should go if you need anything for your car. Do not bother with those traditional chain storefront stores. They're going to do the same thing there that you can do at your convenience in your home on your computer, which is take all of the information about your car, enter it into a database, and then pull up a part. This way with rockauto.com, you can sift through the different brands and pick the one yourself rather than whatever they're going to decide to give you. So why would you choose to spend 30 to 50 to 100% more for the exact same auto parts at one of those chain stores or, God forbid, a dealership? For example, a fuel pump assembly for a Honda Odyssey is $354 at advance at rockauto.com. It's $217. That's a big savings that you can use to spend on just about anything else you want. Maybe another part for your car. If you need something simpler, if you don't know what the hell to do with the fuel pump assembly, no problem. They've got tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, new wipers. No matter what your level of expertise, you can find it at rockauto.com. The prices are reliably low. There are no different price tiers for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. That's ridiculous. They're going to give you the same price no matter what. It is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body, body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Do it right now to see all the parts that are available for your car or truck. And very important, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. You have to write Locked On in that How Did You Hear About Us box or else they won't know. And that's very important for us. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now, obviously, you do not want to hit a wall with your car. You also do not want to hit a wall with your psyche, your mind, your body in the middle of the day. Getting through the day without hitting a wall is difficult. You have the wall 
at work, you have that wall before you go to the gym, and you need to bust through that wall. The folks at Built Bar have given us a product that can do that for you. I already trust Built Bar. I have my Built Bars after every workout. Now I can use Built Go before my workouts so I can get that boost to get me through that wall. It's very easy to take in. They're they're ounce and a half packages. You can put it in a briefcase, in your gym bag, in your you know fanny pack if you're gonna ride a bike, in your golf bag, so you can get through that back nine. Put it in your pocket so you can get through the day. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's a five-hour energy without that crash feeling, so, and it's also natural, so it's better for your body. It's They have three delicious flavors right now, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint. I've tried them all, they're delicious. They combine energy gel with collagen protein, so it's fast absorbing and it gets into my system really fast, and it's easy on my stomach. It's loaded with the good stuff to ignite my workout, like beta alanine, B3 honey, and a kick of caffeine, and it keeps me going all day long, B6 vitamins, B12 vitamins, everything that you need to get you through that wall. Visit BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. You know, all of that is, like, I definitely understand all of that, and I understand, you know, the concern about losing Hayward for nothing. But at the same time, when you talk about the Celtics having the two windows, right, like the win now window, like that is benefited by having a healthy Gordon Hayward on the team right. for, for next year. Like he's a good player. And like, you know, and when we've, we've seen how much better the Celtics are when he's available and we saw how much worse they were when he wasn't like, like all, all of these things, I think um, I, I just wouldn't be so quick necessarily to give up on him. Um, even if it is like, you know, even if it is something where you, you might lose him, like, and, and maybe, you know, maybe, maybe the Celtics look at like that Oladipo Turner trade and think that's, you know, a huge deal. I like Miles Turner. I, I don't think that he's necessarily like the game changing big um, for the Celtics that a lot of people seem to think he is. Um, but I guess the larger point is just like, look, you know what you have in Gordon Hayward when he's healthy, maybe just like bring him back try to win a championship with him, you know, mostly, you know, you, you hope mostly healthy, but maybe his ankles are a little bit better. Maybe he doesn't like stick his hand in, you know, like <laughs> a, in a passing lane one time this season. And maybe you've just got like a really good two way versatile wing. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. think that would be the worst thing. Um, even if it is for just a season. Yeah. That's, I, I go so back and forth. Like I really honestly would be just such a horrible GM. I, I just don't know sometimes <laughs> like, do I want to, um, do I want to have that one year of the versatile wing that has clearly worked when he's healthy and plays defense and is tall and does all of these things theoretically that we need in Boston. Um, but as we've seen, he just has the worst injury luck. If you trade him, the net result of the trade is you get Miles Turner for I forget how many years he's under contract, but yeah. Um I think working working through the whole thing, 
The net effect is you replace Gordon Hayward with Victor Oladipo, who's certainly no stranger to getting injured himself, but can go out there and still perform. He's still a high-level player. Um, and theoretically, Ennis Cantor opts in, but you trade him away f- to whomever that you know for nothing. And Miles Turner, your your big rotation basically becomes instead of Ennis Cantor in the mix, Miles Turner's in the mix, and you still have Daniel Tice, and you still have. I don't know if you have Rob, if you keep Rob in this scenario, maybe you trade yeah. Rob in this scenario. You have Grant Williams. You have the different guys that you can mix in. So if you need to bench Miles Turner for some reason, you have other guys that you can go to. But And look, I don't think Miles Turner is the big prize uh, necessarily. I think he's a good player. But he's not, a, he's not a great player, and he's certainly not like the answer at center that everybody's looking for. If, if, if this happens... People will be like, yes, we got our center. And then probably about three months in, they'd be like, uh, did we really get our center? Yeah. You know, so. Well, I mean, because the answer at center, of course, is bam out of bio. <laughs> like he would he would actually be the right. perfect player at that center. Right. Right. You know, and you know how many bam out of bios are out there and how many, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Davises are out there. None. You know, and they, those are the two guys who are in the finals right now. Uh, Miles Turner under contract through 22-23, uh, but at $18 million flat for each year, each of the next three seasons. So not bad and tradable yeah. if if need be. Yeah. Um, again, I think where I land is I, I, I wouldn't be surprised either way, and I think I'd just be kind of good either way, not thrilled, but – you know, it is what it is. If they keep if they keep Gordon Hayward, fine. I think he's he's a good player obviously. I I have very high opinion of him. And if he can stay healthy then that's great. If and then if he walks for nothing, sometimes you just let guys walk for nothing. You don't always have to get something for somebody. Uh, if they make the trade, I get it. I have concerns about the size of that backcourt with Oladipo and Kemba Walker and I don't know what what the answer is there. Uh, but you know, Miles Turner, not a bad player. So yep. I can see, I can see both, both arguments. Now let's fast forward to the draft because that's the next thing that's, that's on the, the, the plate here. Uh, I, b- before we do that, we both assume Jason Tatum is going to get the max offer and he's going to sign it, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay. So that, that's a thing that needs to happen as well. That's going to probably happen. So that that'll be fine. And however they structure it, I think the structuring of the deal will probably be the most interesting thing. Does he get a player option? Does he not? How do they structure it with, you know, the Rose rule in play and you know what you know what percentage of the cap does he really get? Whatever. That's fine. That's nerd stuff. I just kind of imagine Jason Tatum sitting at a table and every time the Celtics are like okay, let's talk about the player option. And he just like taps the table and the Celtics are like, well, can we, and he just taps the table again. And then they put a little check, like, fine, you get the player option. Okay. Like, but let's, but let's talk about like the, let's talk about the Rose rule. Fine. You can have the Rose rule or thing too. Like it, I feel like that's how those negotiations basically, are go. Basically. Um, because right. Because you got to think long-term you don't want to, you don't want to bust his balls, but no, not, not you know. so it'll get done somehow. But now we get to the, draft
be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. The Celtics have three draft picks. They have what, 14, 26, yep. and 30. And a second round pick, a high second round, like 40 something? 47. 47. Uh, not that high, 47. Okay, 47. So we know full well the Celtics cannot keep all three of those players, all four of those players. Um, the prevailing thought, and I've heard you on your podcast, Gino Time, by the way, check it out with him and Nicole hey. Yang. It's worth your listening, uh, worth your time. Uh, talking about probably letting Brad Wanamaker go, upgrading Tremont Waters, like these, these moves around the fringes that – We'll clear some roster space because basically your backup point guard is Marcus Smart, and you got Marcus and you got Kemba, and you know if they bring back Gordon Hayward, he can handle the ball. If they do trade for Victor Oladipo, he can handle the ball. Other guys can handle the ball, so it's fine. That's not a big deal. And Tremont Waters can get a shot on a regular deal, uh, which opens up. So let's assume that that second round pick can be a second two way guy. Let's assume that Taco Fall comes back, hopefully, because we all want Taco around as a two-way guy. There's three more picks, and what can we what can we expect with those picks? Do you think there's some chatter about trying to trade up? Do you think that that's a possibility? Oh yeah, I think that's certainly a possibility. I, I think for two reasons, like just one. I mean, th- this draft teams are more likely than ever to try to move back because it is so flat, like in the middle, there's a lot of talent that can be had, you know, some anywhere between like eight and 24. There's just, that's just like a a pretty nice area in this draft. Um, So I think if teams are able to offer, you know, a few first round picks like the Celtics can to move up, um, you know, that they might be able to do that. And I think the other thing to remember is that the Celtics obviously have to consolidate because, they have, you know, too many guys on the team right. anyway. So um, I think that it, it certainly will be possible if the Celtics like somebody to move way up in the draft. Um, otherwise, though, they again, like I just said, they are in a good position because guys are going to slip. Um, you know, 14 is a is, is a nice place to to pick up a good role player. And obviously mm-hmm. the Celtics could use scoring, especially off the bench. And there will be guys there and. I think there'll be floor spacers there too, which is important. Um, and then you get down to 26 and 30 and like, you know, in any draft, there's going to be surprising slides. And I mean, this draft is just going to be maximum chaos because <laughs> like pretty much everybody is like, a, like, you know, about as good as everybody else uh, from just in a, you know, very, very long range there. So um, it's going to be fun. And uh, I, I think the Celtics could really, do some good things with it um, if they uh, if they play their cards right. I was listening to the uh, I forget what podcast it was, but Lloyd Pierce was on a podcast recently and talking about the Atlanta Hawks. They've got the number six uh, overall pick, and basically was asked flat out, like, "Do you really need another like right. high lottery pick?" And he basically said it was like, he didn't say no, but he basically said no. Like, right. you, who who are you going to throw into that mix that, I mean, they've already got, obviously, like, I'm, I'm just looking through their roster of all these 21 and 22-year-olds. 
Trey Young is 22. Cam Reddish is 21. DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, uh, John Collins is 23. Uh, I mean, they they got all of these super super young guys and and key key guys to to their future. Do you need to throw another sixth pick? But if you give them maybe a couple of the lower picks, you maybe maybe those guys come in and and provide you know some depth or or maybe maybe you work out a three team deal somebody that's looking to unload a a veteran guy is is Gordon Hayward a guy that wants to go down there or or that that they would take down there probably not but uh, probably not <laughs> but do do you think that there's some a realistic possibility that the Celtics could move up as high as like 6th and what would it do you think it would take all three of those picks or two of those picks and a player? What do you think? I think that it would probably take two of the picks and a player to move into that range. Um, I think when you're talking about moving up that high, you're probably looking at somebody good. Um, I don't know who that would be. For example, you know, you look at the Warriors at number two and it's like there's obviously been a lot of chatter about them moving that pick. I think if you're looking at the Warriors, that's where you start to be like, OK, they're going to be asking for smart. Um, in a deal, um, you know, like I, I think that you're you're probably looking at teams asking for quality at that stage, um, not just like potential. Um, so again, I, that that's kind of why I have a hard time seeing them move up to like you know two through five. You know, six you're starting to get on the on the verge of of maybe, uh, but if you're moving up to six. Um, you better be sure that the guy you like is going to be there because like, let's say the Celtics like Onyeka Okungwu, um, who's, you know, kind of a, a center, um, like a very modern NBA center. Um, if they really like him and they move up to six and all of a sudden the bulls are like, Hey, we want him at four. Then you just like wasted a bunch of of picks in like a good draft for the one guy you wanted. So, um, I kind of have a hard, it's not that I have a hard time seeing it. I, 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 Moving up is risky and it could be costly even in a draft where um, teams might want to move up. But that said, like if they do like somebody, I think they will be able to get where they want to get um, in this draft. Yeah. If that makes that sums it up. well. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, it depends on like, I I don't think it's worth giving up Marcus smart to get high enough, you know, to, to get one of these guys. Um, Is it worth Grant Williams? Is it worth Romeo Langford? Um, who, which of these teams would want one of those guys? Would would the Cavs, would the Pistons, would the Knicks be open to to something like that? Uh, and I, I obviously, I and think that's would... and that's the problem, right? Because I feel like all of those teams just want a star, and right. the Celtics aren't going to give them a star. And then the one team that makes sense to me is the Warriors with Smart, but like I don't think that the Celtics are going to get anything even at number two that provides them with a better chance to win now than, than Marcus smart, at least in the next like year or two. So like, like that, that's kind of where it breaks down for me when you just kind of like really look at the logistics of it. But again, I like, if they like somebody, they can get there. That's, that's the the broader point. I think. Sure. Yeah. I I, I think they they can get there if they want, but that's not, that's not a win now move. And I think the Celtics are in win now territory. They're not trading, you know, we talked about trading Gordon Hayward, but that they're not just going to trade Gordon Hayward for hey, let's get a couple of young guys. Like that, the reason why the Indiana thing 
makes some modicum of sense is obviously it's a place where Hayward would be happy to go. And obviously you get back some quality. Victor Oladipo is quality in one year of, of Hayward and one year of Oladipo, you, you know, there are, like I said before, fit concerns, but it's still, you're getting one year of a high level player and you're also getting a, you know, a good young big man. So, you know, fine. Like now, if they if they do that, are they are they going to also then try to trade up to get a big man, or you know, is is Okungwu the the type of player where you say, all right, he we're going to groom him to be part of our future, and eventually Daniel Tice is going to go. We got one year one more year of Tice, and he's out. Uh, do you? I don't know how you kind of play your backcourt. If you trade for somebody like Miles Turner, then you draft a Kungu, you're going to need him to play some and and develop. I mean, is he just strictly a G League player all year? Uh, th- there there are a lot of things to consider. But what what other player do you think would be worth the Celtics trading up into somewhere five through ten, let's say, to to add to this scenario and be potentially a guy that can help like off the bench? So the guys, the guys that I would keep an eye on are like Devin Vassell. Um, he is a six, seven, um, wing, uh, w- one of the better defenders in the draft. Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, one, probably one of the three best defenders in the draft, um, at the wing position and, and a really good shooter. Um, so just kind of like that perfect role for the NBA. He's shown a little bit off the bounce, not very much. Um, but you know, certainly somebody who has some potential. I think that, I mean, he's the kind of guy that if I'm Chicago, I take a really good look at, like, he's not going to, he's not like a superstar, but I think, I think he could go in that high range where, um, you know, just any, anytime you can get a wing who can, who can defend and hit threes, you know, it's going to be a valuable player. Um, and then the other guy that I, he's probably going to go higher than the Celtics are going to be willing to trade. Um, but Anthony Edwards from Georgia is like probably like the he's going to go in the top three. He, he I think he'll probably be the number one pick. Um, but he's a guy who like you want some scoring punch. Uh, he could potentially provide it. He did not have a good year shooting. Um, I still think he will be a good shooter at the NBA level, um, but it's a super powerful shooting guard who can take guys off the dribble, get to the rim. Um, so, I mean, those are those are basically the only two guys aside from Okungwu that I would take a hard look at trading up for um, a lot of people say Killian Hayes. It sounds like there's still a chance that he drops some, so you might not have to trade into the five to 10 range to get him. Um, but yeah, those would be the, uh, th- those, those three, I think would be my focus would be Edwards, um, Vassell and Akongu. All right. Well, let's, I'll leave the, who would they draft at these spots if they had to make the picks conversation for another time? Because I feel like, well, first of all, I don't want to blow all of my content in this one show. <laughs> we got to do other it's like shows. A long few months, man. <laughs> you know, um, there's, there's there's a long time before the draft. I mean, it's another month and a half before the draft. We don't know what the hell they're going to do. So, I mean, there's there's a strong possibility. Like anything's possible, really, because they could use a couple of these picks to trade up. Um, you know, they they could use that thirtieth pick as a Hey, take Cantor and the thirtieth pick, and right. you know you get you get something out of that. So that that's a way that a draft pick can be used. They could be stuck, and they could just clear out space and say, 
We're going to make two draft picks, and the 30th pick is going to be a draft and stash, and the second-round pick is going to be a two-way player, and we're just going to have two new guys on the team. And, you know, sorry, Javante Green, and sorry, Brad Wanamaker, and, you know, you clear a couple of spots, and, and these guys fill those spots, and that's how it's going to be. Like, like we're looking at all these young guys that are on this team right now, and, and the plan wasn't to keep all of those guys either. So. Yeah. You know, there there are moves that the Celtics have to make, which is always curious because that wasn't the plan, but then they went and gave like Carson Edwards guaranteed money over the next couple of seasons. And you know, that that that's just seems like they didn't quite have to do that. But yeah. you know, now we're looking at a possibility of, you know, Carson Edwards has to you know, they have to find a new home for Carson Edwards. But uh We'll attack the draft. I am curious. I, I am curious how his summer league performance, uh, like, because I, I know any team would be like, no, 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 we didn't take summer league into account at all. But it's like he was like a pretty hot commodity after after summer sure. league. Like everybody was talking about Carson Edwards. I mean, I mean, he was he he had stretches in summer league that I mean we were both there. We we're like, holy yeah. shit, what the he- wow, um, both ends, yeah, yeah, but. You know, sometimes summer league results don't necessarily translate. <laughs> um, uh, honestly, I refuse to believe it. Carson Edwards could be useful because I think he can still defend, but he needs to shoot his way into a rhythm, and he does not have that luxury on this team. And when he comes out cold, he stays cold, and that's it. I think it gets on his mind and. He needs, if he has a chance, if he's going to have a chance to stick around, which I don't think, but if he is going to have a chance to stick around, the number one thing he has to do this offseason is have to is figure out, like, how do you become the microwave? How do you become the guy that's hot right away, comes in and doesn't need the first shot to fall, but can still, like, hit, like, two of four, two of five, like, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think, his, I think his best chance is to try to, turn himself into like an off the like very much an off the catch guy just run around screens try to be like jj reddick yeah um really make him your model and uh you know go from there because that that is like the easiest way i think for him to uh to, to find his way into the rotation so this is an interesting spot for the celtics um danny ainge you are on those zoom calls he does not seem happy with the way things went he said flat out, we weren't good enough. I've got a lot of work to do. So the odds of running it back with this exact team, like they they could seriously pick up all these options, guarantee all these guarantees, and run the exact same team back and say, well, last season Jason Tatum didn't become Jason Tatum, in quotes, until midway through. Same thing with Jalen Brown. If those are the guys we get from the start, things are different. If Kemba, if we manage Kemba a little bit better with his knee, uh, and also he's not going to have a Team USA and all of that stuff, they could certainly say, "Hey, there's going to be improvements. We're going to get improvements from Grant. We're going to get, you know, hopefully a Romeo Langford that that can contribute, and maybe a Robert uh, Williams that can be better. We made it to the conference finals. We think we can be just as good, better." Uh, let's roll the dice, but I don't think that's the likely scenario. What do you think? No, no I don't think so either. I think 
I mean, I, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not ready to put a name to it yet or anything like that, but I think something somewhat um, notable could happen this off season because I think Danny wants to, like, I think Danny wants to win before, uh, you know, like, cause, cause you just never know what's going to happen down the road. Like you don't know where Giannis might end up. You don't know what super team might emerge out of nowhere in the Eastern conference. And all of a sudden you've got like a, a like another, you know, sort of really monstrous opponent to, right. to try to get through, to get to the finals. Like you just don't know when that might happen. So like, you know, I, I'm not saying I think he's going to like, you know, blow the team up and, and, you know, go all in, put all the chips in the middle of the table or whatever. But I, I don't, I don't think it's crazy to think that he might, um, that, that he might shake things up a little bit, that, yeah. that he might do something a little bit bold. Um, again, I'm not ready to put a name to it yet or anything like that, but like, I don't know. That doesn't seem crazy to me. Put a name to it, Tom. I Coward. simply will not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think, I think this is a good place to end it. People just, just so everybody understands, like, I, I agree with you that I, I just don't feel like running it completely back is going to happen. There's a reason why it doesn't usually happen. And if the Celtics were good enough to get to the, like the finals and lose, like if they were in the finals against the Lakers and lost in game seven, then they could say, yeah, let's run this Certainly. back. Yeah, but absolutely. You know, losing the way they did to the Miami heat who Danny Ainge clearly feels like they should have beaten that's something where where he feels he must feel that this 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 mix this exact mix no not right we need to we need to get like a couple of things here and there to 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 give ourselves a better chance so i guess it's to set the expectations that just because they can run it back let's not think that they're going to because they might not, they probably won't. Yeah. yeah. Do we need to? Uh, do we need to do the Windhorst like nobody aggregate us thing here? Oh yeah, no. Do we want to do that? Like no, I don't think, I think anybody we aggregates do us. That. Like, like that's like not... we're just chatting right now. This is not like aggregation stuff. If I would no. I would yeah. No no no. I don't think anybody is in a, a, a looks at us as like people that should be aggregated. <laughs> All right, word. I just wanted to make I don't sure. think so. I mean, we're we're insiders like we're we're in normal senses like around the team, but like I'm not I, I don't have there's a reason why, you know, I quote Woj. Like if Woj said something then sure. But yeah, if you want to throw that disclaimer out like we're just talking like this is this is just our feeling just watching um Danny Ainge listening to Danny Ainge in that zoom call, trying to like read the tea leaves. Uh, I'm certainly not sitting there in some back room with Danny Ainge getting the scoop. Uh, <laughs> that's not how he is going to operate and certainly not with me. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, Tom, thanks for, uh, for joining us. Obviously people go listen to the Geno time podcast. Follow Tom at Tom underscore NBA. Uh, he's got and, and follow you know obviously we're both working at masslive.com masslive.com slash Celtics Tom is the draft guy so when it comes down to draft stuff read his stuff at mass live we got a lot of great stuff coming so thanks for hopping on for a bit at the last minute by the way people should know I basically almost woke Tom up and be like hey let's podcast <laughs> so thanks for coming on yeah of course man thanks for having me on seriously last second 
I was talking to him about other stuff at work. I was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast? And luckily he said yes. Uh, it was a great conversation. And that's like a baseline. So last week I set up the whole what they have, what they could play with, the possibility of them running it back, the possibility of going long-term with Gordon Hayward. Uh, but there's there's a lot that is at stake that, you know, frankly – I, I didn't think about or I wasn't you know I wasn't even aware of at some point with with some of these uh, machinations with the the salary cap there there's so many different things and I can't I'm not gonna bore you with it now but seriously the same salary cap number the way they do it can result in different tax levels and it really depends on what the Celtics priorities are what they're willing to do what they're willing to do long term and We'll see how it plays out, but like we said, it's it's not going to be as simple as, hey, let's just run it back. Uh, I don't think that's how it's going to go, and just a matter of how much movement we see from the Celtics, but I do think that there's going to be some movement. So we'll talk about more, and I'm sure, like, I'm definitely going to do another draft segment so that's not the only time we're going to talk about the draft. It's it's more than a month away. So I will get into more of who might be available, what they might target, if they keep those picks, who might they stash, all of that stuff later this week throughout the offseason. As new information rolls in, we're going to talk about it as well. So subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. Please do so. And if you have a good five-star rating and a good written review would be fantastic. And of course, sharing the podcast, telling your friends that they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.